0: The Old Testament reading and the Gospel have a lot in common. You probably noticed it's uh, a theme of fraternal correction because Jesus was very well aware of his disciples and that's who he's talking to. It's not the apostles or the holy women here, it's his disciples and trying to help them understand how we can go about correcting one another within the community of faith. And that's important, <clears throat> because he considers all of these people, they are called disciples. They're people who are trying to follow him in faith. And, inevitably, inevitably there're going to be differences that arise. As, as well as uh, offenses within the community. And so he very simply says, walk away from it. No, he didn't say that at all. <laughs> he said, you can confront that and you do, you do it in a loving manner. Your brother has really offended you go and talk to him in private, if that works, good for you, Uh, you've won your brother over. If he doesn't, you might take another friend uh, and then uh, begin again and confront the person. And then finally he says, if that doesn't work, uh, and apparently he's talking about something pretty serious says, take it to the whole church. And if that doesn't work, then just simply treat him as <clears throat> you would a Gentile or a tax collector, which means get far away from him as you can be. So he doesn't say uh, that you become an aggressor against the person. You simply... Uh, In our terms, it would be like, well, they are really almost self-excommunicating and so that's how we deal with this. Um, I think all of us have probably been in this situation with our brother, which is uh, not really just our brother or sister, it's anyone, but especially within the faith community. During these times, (coughs) recently, uh, especially since March, there's been a tremendous tension uh, within the whole diocese here (coughs) as we heard our bishop making some announcements about a new plan that's going to remodel and re- shape, reshape the, the face of the church uh, for, for the rest of our lives. And we don't like change, right? We don't like change. Well, piece by piece, he tried to inform us uh, of what he had in mind. Speaking personally, I never did quite figure out what, he, what all he had up his sleeve, but when assignments of clergy were made just a couple weeks ago, it became very apparent exactly what he meant. And there are many overtones and ripples of those decisions. Uh, There has also been, (coughs) accompanying all of this, a tremendous amount not only of uh, uh, difficulty but uh, of real anger uh, directed toward the bishop and uh, he expected that, he knew that was coming but it has gone beyond anger at this point. Uh, I'm talking about just what I observed here in uh, the, the three parishes of Muncie, uh, that, that anger in uh, some instances has really converted into an ugliness. The anger is anticipated and natural, because sometimes we don't understand, uh, we don't like change and uh, and that's to be expected. Now there are pockets of real ugliness that are developing and those are uh, beyond the pale. When Bishop Doherty was here a couple weeks ago for confirmation, I had a chance meeting with him out on our lawn as I was leaving. I had had three different masses in three different towns and I told him God doesn't need to hear any more from me today at masses. We can't have more than three anyway, so I said, you know, have a nice day. Uh, and. Then he opened up a conversation. He said, you know, uh, in and he wasn't referring to Muncie. He said, there's some real deep ugliness going on in the church. And I said, yes, I understand that. And he said, uh, it's chiefly in Carmel and in Lafayette. And, and we all know everywhere, there has been uh, a, a, a tension, uh, unknowing and <clears throat> some, uh, some anger and I'll have to, have to say, you know, I've been in on that, uh, getting pretty angry, What's, what is all going on? And that's to be expected, but now it's gone to a different level, in very small instances and that's a, a deep ugliness that's starting to show itself. This in itself is very destructive to the church. So when Jesus is talking to us about the exigencies of forgiveness and of good order within the community, you can, we, we can look at ourselves as a diocese as a city, as, as a parish, where are we in that? Frankly, I think this is a healthy community of faith. and has been for a long time and is going to stay that way. We were all uh, upset and grieved when Father Dave uh, was asked to pick up and leave because of what wonderful things he has done here for us. But after a while, we adjust to this. He's only got two more years left anyway. Uh, He'll be back. Uh, Not as pastor, but anyhow. um, I think people here are adjusting and uh, we have wonderful new pastoral leadership coming in uh, certainly at a disadvantage in a a troublesome time uh, on all fronts and uh, if we encounter that you know the anger is one thing the ugliness is something else we need to be that guy in the gospel who says no this is wrong this is wrong If we are demonizing the bishop that is wrong. If we are disturbed by the decisions that he has made that's normal and that's that's not a a a division or a sin for the church it's just the way we are and we'll have to say I think all of us yeah I felt some of that myself I know I have but when it goes across that line uh, then that is destructive for the church itself, and I see it here and also in the other two parishes, not big, but it is destructive. So when we encounter that, we have to be ready to know the difference between healthy dissent and destructive activity and there's a little bit of that out there. So it is incumbent upon us to discern, to know the difference and to be able to point it out and say that is not right. Perhaps you haven't and won't encounter that deeper level of ugliness, I hope you don't. But when you do, you'll know immediately uh, Oh, that's what he's talking about. So we belong to a, we do belong to a healthy parish community. I have every anticipation that it will stay that way. And uh, I think good times are yet ahead of us, as well as the good times we relish from the past. So uh, the Gospel and the first reading today do have something to speak to us very clearly for, uh, for our own time and space. Here at St. Lawrence in Muncie, Indiana, there I don't see is any reason for despair, hopelessness or anything like that. This is a strong faith community. I think it will stay that way. In the gospel also, this is interesting, it kind of gets buried because of all the realities that we're surrounded by, changes in the church, the uh, COVID and, and, and just everyday difficulties. But there's an interesting line where Jesus is talking to his disciples and it says he addressed this to them, it wasn't to Peter. The same thing, I'm going to quote, the same thing was said in Matthew's gospel to Saint Peter. But here it's said to all of us, to the disciples, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. In other words, the importance of of whatever we are doing in faith is very, very important. So it's not just a gift to St. Peter, here it's a gift to the whole church. I find that to be uh, very, very empowering and strengthening. The other thing he talked about was the power of coming together in prayer. And he had probably a little bit of exaggeration or hyperbole attached to this, but he was uh, uh, given, giving his blessing to those who come together in prayer to call upon the Lord in faith. Going so far as to say whatever you ask will be granted. That's the I call that the exaggeration or the hyperbole, maybe it isn't, I don't know, but uh, there it is. So we have some very uh, challenging words in the gospel, but then uh, as he recapitulates everything, the very encouraging words for the community of faith. So we pick up again and we continue uh, to move along. Just a concluding comment. I ran into Father Dave unexpectedly two times in the last week, and I said, that hundred, he would understand this, that hundred-pound burden on your shoulders appears to be gone. He said, yeah, you know, it is. So it doesn't mean he's glad to be away from us, but it means as... Now, no longer being a pastor and retirees like myself, we understand that. Other retirees do too, not encouraging you to retire. But I'm saying it's really nice uh, to still be a part of the community of faith without the burdens and responsibilities. As I like to tell people now, I'm just totally irresponsible. (laughs) I enjoy it. So as we continue to grow in faith, let's rejoice in the strengths uh, of our community of faith, leaning on each other and even at times having to reach out to our sister or brother who was being just outright offensive. That can be done. When I was a child and I I look upon this, I think, now I know uh, why I felt like I did. In grade school, we had at St. Patrick's in Kokomo, the Irish nuns. And I mean Irish, they were right off the boat, not the grandkids. but They themselves were right off the boat. I have an older brother one year uh, ahead of me. And I have to admit, he is very superior to me. He was smarter, he was a better athlete and much better behaved than I was. So when the nuns were trying to encourage me, uh, (laughs) I laughed and they would say, oh, Bobby, look at yourself. Jimmy was such the perfect student. He'd always did his homework. So well-behaved and look at yourself. (laughs) That in the books today, that's probably not the way you go about uh, encouraging growth and, and supportive words. But I can look back in humor and see how far we have come. You don't say those things today. You say, oh, you're doing a great job keep going <laughs> or something like that. But uh, I think we, we all, if we're older, we came up with kind of a different set of rules that applied to us. So we still struggle along uh, knowing we're imperfect, but uh, looking for that perfection that's uh, available to all of us. Let's now profess our faith together.